Commanders, Eagles, Week 8, FedEx Field, 1 p.m. We've got your game preview with Believe in Eagles host Mike Gill. Let's go. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to Ref the District's game preview with the Believe Network. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. We'll have Mike Gill from the Believe in Eagles here to give us the Eagles side of things. Stoner, there's a lot of buzz as trade deadline comes around, but that needs to be put aside as yeah. the game at hand is right here in week eight. Now, R- Ron Rivera is very good from weeks eight to like week 14. Yeah. They've got, I think each of the years, they've got at least four wins uh, on the on the season. This starts week eight. Washington played Philadelphia very close just four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Can they pull off the upset Sunday? Well, the, you said that they've played well during those times. What, like five and two records, four, two and one records, four, two like that. Don't forget, there are some losses in the, there, too. Yes. <laughs> so it's not like every year he goes six and oh. So they're going to lose a game or two if he continues with that same pattern. This is, you know, it's, this is a tough one. So mm-hmm. I think maybe he is uh, looking to possibly be in the loss column for this one. But there are ways that Washington can win this game. So let's not get that convoluted that there there is a way. There is a path. I believe that. Well, the last time we talked with Mike Gill, he was very confident. Let's see Mm -hmm. how he feels about the Eagles' chances this weekend. Hey, Mike, thanks for joining us again here on Ref the District. We appreciate your time. Last time these two teams met, Mike, you were very, very confident Philadelphia would walk away with the victory. They did. They did walk away with it, but it was a lot harder than you thought it was going to be as uh, Washington took them to overtime. How confident are you going into this game week eight? Well, you know, Washington generally, they beat the Eagles last year in Philadelphia in that primetime game. They generally are either a pain in the butt or beat you. Uh, These are the games that these two teams have had. There's usually one, though, like the one in Washington last year where you saw the disparity in talent kind of take over. And if I'm a Washington fan this week, this is the game I probably wonder is Carson Wentz getting sacked? I know Wentz isn't the quarterback, but it's the game where he got sacked nine because Sam Howell's probably hoping that Carson Wentz takes over on Sunday so he doesn't get the brunt of what's about to come to him. I, I thought the last time they played, though, I remember having the conversation with you guys. I figured the pass rush of the Eagles would be too much. Well, I thought Washington did a really good job with their game plan and executing. It's one thing to have a good game plan. It's another good thing to execute it. I thought Hal did a really good job of getting the ball out quickly, making quick decisions. They ran the ball. Not great, but they stuck with it, much like the time they beat them. They didn't run the ball well on that Monday night. They just kept doing it like 40 Mm -hmm. times for like two yards of carry, but whatever. We'll just keep doing it. I think Washington now – you saw signs of their offensive line last week really struggling against the Giants. The Giants aren't the Eagles' defense, and now you got Kevin Byard back there. Look, the Eagles beat Miami last week with their two starting safeties out, one of their slot corners. They're on their fifth slot corner. Fifth. Good news. Okay. And <laughs> think about that. And Tyreek Hill couldn't get 100 yards last week. He had 11 catches but only 88 yards. Yeah. Byard should help them out big time. The pass rush is coming on. I think when they played that game against Washington, Reddick may have just gotten out of his cast or might have still had the cast on. He has been a different player with that cast off. 
Now mm-hmm. him and Sweat, I think uh, I think Washington's going to get the game in Washington effort from the Eagles from last year. So oof. do you think uh, – I know Oof is right. Do uh, you think Bayard is going to just step right in after just only a few practices and just and play majority of those safety minutes? Oh, I would think he plays the, the entire game because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, they don't have anybody else. Um, yeah. Blankenship has been out the last two weeks. He's back this week. Justin Evans okay. is on the injured list, so he's out. They traded Terrell Edmonds, so he's out. The other option would be Sidney Brown, a rookie who's played a little bit, but I would imagine um, Bayard is going to get the bulk of the snaps because after Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship, they don't really have anybody who's played. Makai Gardner's a guy who's played corner. They moved him to safety. They mm-hmm. signed Josiah Scott off of Pittsburgh's practice squad. He's been a slot corner. They've moved him to safety just to get him. So I would think Bayard's going to step right in and play basically because they don't have any other bodies at that position right now. It's a pretty good body just to pick up and throw in there. But I would think, yeah, he's going to play and get most of the snaps. That's why they, you know, they made the trade early in the week so that he can get here, learn. They pre-practiced yesterday. And from everything I've been told was he practiced with the intent to basically give them the full, uh, uh, full brigade of, of snaps. AJ Brown has been having an excellent year and he had a monster game against Washington and everybody else, by the way, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I said that he's having a great year, right? But he had a very big, big game against Washington, but Jalen hurts has been a little banged up recently. You know, he's mm-hmm. going to play according to Nick Sorani. What do you expect from that duo on Sunday? Well, A.J. Brown, I mean, last week, uh, he has five straight games of over 125 yards. He went for 180-plus last week. I mean, he has so far been just unstoppable. Hurts, you're right. I mean, last week, he had a run, and he came up kind of limping off. He came out of the locker room in the second half with a knee brace. He admitted after the game that he had kind of done something to his knee. He won't say what it was, but he did have a brace on at practice yesterday. So I think Hurts may be limited. But that probably means more of A.J. Brown, if not less. You know, mm-hmm. hey, less hurts running. They had a lot of designed runs for him in the game last week in the red zone area, and people are kind of scratching their head. Like, here's a guy that's kind of limping around, and you got these designed runs. Look, right now, nobody seems to have an answer for A.J. Brown. As I mentioned, five straight games with at least 125 yards. That's the longest streak in NFL history. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that the commanders have anybody in their secondary that's ready to go <laughs> – Man to man, certainly not Emmanuel Forbes. We learned certainly not Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes. No, uh, I, I would think if you are looking for a player prop, AJ Brown over the number is is probably a good one this week. And listen, last week they got Goddard going. He really hasn't done much this year. Uh, Devonta Smith hasn't had that breakout game yet. They scored thirty one points last week, and you're mm-hmm. like, they didn't run the ball all that well. They basically threw the ball to A.J. Brown, and the Dolphins couldn't stop. Now, the Dolphins were lacking in the secondary. No Ramsey, Xavier Howard was out as well. But I don't know that Washington is going to be able to match up with, with, with A.J. Brown again for this. And, and look, it's not just Washington. It's everybody. Sure. Well, I think Emmanuel Forbes, since that game, in the three games since, has played a total of five snaps on defense since that game. And they said, okay, enough of that, Emmanuel <laughs> Forbes. Uh, just sit back and watch. But I'm looking for cracks. I'm trying to find something of why or how Washington can win. This is a this is the longest shot of longest shots, but hear me out. Andrew Wiley dominated Hassan Reddick in the Super Bowl. Can Andrew Wiley <laughs> dominate Hassan Reddick 
here in this game this week. Oh man. Um, <laughs> are they playing on ice? Uh, are they playing on an ice surface again? Yeah, right. Is well, that, maybe, you know, is maybe Washington, does Washington have uh, the equivalent of what that playing surface was in uh, in uh, the Super Bowl last year? No, I mean, yeah. Reddick, I said, I don't remember if he had the cast on or off, or maybe he just got it off in that game. He had got off. Basically, if you look at his first four or five games when he played with that cast on, I don't think he registered anything. Not a sack, not a hurry, not a tackle, not an assist, not an offsides, zero, nothing. Since he's got that cast off, he has just gone bananas. I mean, he is all over the place, and Sweat is equal now. Well, and because now that Reddick is starting to become more of a factor, you got to put more attention. Now, Sweat, Jalen Carter is ridiculous. I mean, look, this is going to be that Warren Sapp moment where you look back 10 years from now, you're like, how the heck did they get Warren Sapp where they got? Well, how did you get Jalen Carter? He's just wrecking games. They played the one game against the Jets. They lost. He didn't play right. in that game. Their defense could not get to the quarterback. They weren't nearly as efficient because they couldn't get that up front, up the middle. Now, Jordan Davis does have a hamstring. They have enough depth there. You know, they won a game this year without Fletcher Cox. Um, I, 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 No, to answer your question, Wiley, no, and I think receipts are coming. You got me on the last time. Guess what? This time, now you're getting the, the, the full brigade of uh, – right of Hassan. I think Reddick and Sweater up for big days, but Jalen Carter makes it all because if you double and triple him, which has been happening, those guys on the outside, it's fun to watch, guys. And well, <laughs> I like maybe that. not the maybe not so much for us. The uh I, I love how Philadelphia fans uh hold on to those those L's so strongly and come up with their excuses. <laughs> what are the excuses if Philadelphia loses to Washington on Sunday? Um, you know, that they basically played a sloppy game and they lost to Washington last year. They had what three, four turnovers in the game. They actually statistically had a better game than Washington did. They just turned the ball over, which was so uncharacteristic of them. You had the Quez Watkins fumble as he's getting ready to kind of go in. They had just interceptions that were uncharacteristic. Now, Hertz has thrown seven interceptions this year, which is more than he threw all of last year. Yeah. He fumbled the ball. Um, his interceptions seem to be wacky things, though. He threw a completed pass to Goddard. Goddard got hit, and the ball kind of got squirted up in the air, and someone just happened to be standing there. It happened to be an interception. So stuff like that's been happening to him. But, yeah, sloppiness. If at the end you look back, we outplayed them, but – and it's happened to the Jet game. They lost. They turned the ball over three times, four times in that game against the Jets and still should have really won that game mm-hmm. if they just simply punt the ball – Instead, they throw an interception and get returned for a touchdown. They end up losing the game. If they simply punt that ball, you're asking Zach Wilson to drive the length of the field with like a minute 10 left. It's not happening. So right. lost the game this year basically by outgaining, outdoing everything, but turning the ball over. That's the recipe to beat the Eagles. You just got to hope, you know, this isn't some arrogance that they're this unbeatable team, but you got to hope they make mistakes because, as you guys know, you're going to take A.J. Brown out? Great, we'll go to Smith. You're going to take Smith out? We'll go back to Brown. You want to take them both out? We'll go to Goddard. You want to take them all out? We'll run the ball. I mean, the running mm-hmm. game is very efficient, and they just have a lot of weapons. So they beat themselves. That's how you beat them. All right, so this is not a repeat question of the one before, but hear me out. I'm listening. <laughs> hear me out on this. Statistically, and I'm not talking about game film and all this other stuff. Statistically, Sam Howell and Jalen Hurts have had very, very similar years in terms of their production. And I, again, I'm not saying Sam Howell is Jalen Hurts. I'm just throwing that out statistically. 
Is there the possibility, since we're kind of flipping fields or whatever, is there a possibility that Sam Howell can dominate this game and beat that Eagles defense? Well, if he plays, listen, I like Hal, actually. Um, mm-hmm. Coming into the season, I thought people didn't know enough about him. You know, there was a time where I'm a big college football fan. You go back to when he was a junior and these way too early drafts, he was like the number one pick in a lot of those yeah. drafts. I mean, he has the arm talent. He's He can run. Um, he ends up falling here, and I think you're seeing that he, he's a guy that you can, you know, win with, but they don't have a lot up front for him. That's the problem. Their offensive line is terrible. Um, and I, you feel for some of these quarterbacks who just – they got McLaurin. He kills the Eagles all the time. They've got a couple of nice weapons. Logan Thomas is back. He helps them out. I think he's a, a big safety security blanket for them. They've got some talent. I thought Sam Howell kept them in that game last time. I mean, he executed that game plan. That's the problem against the Eagles. These teams, they get away from what they want to try to do or what the game plan was. He executed, get the ball out quick and let my playmakers make plays. And I thought that's why that game went the direction that it went to. And it goes overtime, 34-31. And he made he made every single play, every play they asked him. So, yes, if he executes the game plan and if they stick with the game plan last year on Monday night, they stuck with that game plan. We are going to run whether you stop us or not. We're just going to keep doing it. And they end up coming out with a win. I thought they were very similar to that in the last game. They just stayed with it, whether it worked or not. And you're moving the change because it's third and short. And I thought Hal did a really good job of executing. So, yes, if Hal executes, sure, they can make it a game similar where it's back and forth. The question is, is the is the Washington defense going to be able to get stops and hold up their end of the bargain? That was the problem. Their offense held up their end of the bargain in Philly. The defense did not. So we've mentioned a few matchups here already. Wiley and Reddick. You got Jalen Carter and the interior offensive line. Those are largely Philly strengths against Washington weaknesses. You mentioned A.J. Brown just having a monster year. Our cornerbacks probably not going to be able to cover. What is a matchup that's kind of a strength on strength that you are looking forward to seeing? And how's that matchup going to go on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you what. Whenever um, you play Washington, for me, it's the matchup of, and it's a lot of it's based on the offensive line because you know the Eagles have the advantage there. But McLaurin kills this team, absolutely kills them all the time. McLaurin was not having a big season at all. He ends up having a pretty good game against Philadelphia. But, and, and you know, over the years, they've had all these slot guys, Washington. I feel like all these slot guys have killed Philadelphia. And then, like, the Antonio Gibsons of the world where all year long, you're like, where did this guy come from? So, mm-hmm. if you can get a matchup in the slot, that's the spot where I think right now the Eagles are their weakest. So, if Washington can line up McLaurin or put Logan Thomas out or get one of their second Dotson in the slot this week, I got to be honest with you. I don't even know who's playing the slot. Roby. So the starter was Maddox. He's out for the year. Zach McPherson was the backup. He got hurt in training camp. He's out for the year. They signed Bradley Roby. He's hurt. So he's out. They tried Makai Gardner. He's now on the practice squad. He's gone. Uh, Josh Job, they moved Bradbury into the slot. He may have played the slot against Washington the last time. They tried that for two weeks. They moved him back to the outside. He's an all-pro on the outside. They tried to move him inside just to get by because they like Job on the outside. Well, Job started to get picked on, so they moved Bradbury back outside, hmm. and now they're back to square one. They signed Josiah Scott. So there's the spot right there where I think, how does Philly compensate? Because 
Washington over the years, the slot guy has had big games against Philadelphia, and there's a big weakness in the that's the biggest weakness in the Eagle defense, the slot right now. We spoke with uh, Jason Campbell, former Redskins quarterback Jason Campbell yesterday, and he said he heard uh, Joe Thomas. I'm just dropping names, you know, Joe Thomas, former, you know, all uh, Hall of Famer Joe Thomas say, this is how you stop the tush push. You put a couple of linebackers right behind your defensive lineman and you push back against the the lineman up front, kind of the, the opposite of what the Eagles do on their side. And then you bring a couple guys from the outside who come in and they tackle those receivers or whoever is pushing Jalen so that you can't uh, you can't get that extra push. What do you think? Is that a is that a good way to stop the uh, the brotherly shove? I'm not going to say that he's wrong, but I haven't seen anybody stop it in any capacity. Do I yeah, know yeah. if anybody has tried that? Not necessarily. The problem is when it happens. Sirianni made a comment last week. He said we operate in our heads that our series starts at first and nine. We always <laughs> feel that we're first and nine because we know we're getting that. Because if it's fourth down and one or short they don't wait they get right on the ball so you can't make changes because the eagles know it first fourth down they're going for it essentially everywhere last week they went on their their own end of the field on fourth down twice mm-hmm. i think somebody you know you know you take a look at it they were on like their own 27 on fourth down and one and they went for it went to the 44 on fourth down and got it again against miami so it because they're so sure they're going to go for it, you can't get the personnel on the field you want. And generally, you know, it's a third down. You might have nickel or dime out there on the field. So now you're, you got extra corners and safeties. So you might only have one linebacker or coverage linebackers who are small. You know, it's not like Mike Singletary, you know, or okay. I'll give you guys one that you're showing your age there, Mike. Jeremiah Trotter, who's like a 265 pound linebacker. He's not playing linebacker in this league. So you might be able to put a linebacker in there, but he only weighs 220 pounds. Same right? as Jalen, right? Exactly. Yeah. And Jalen Hurts is as big as your linebacker. And yeah. we've all heard it. We laugh all the time. He squats 600 pounds. Well, guess what? Not only does he squat 600 pounds, he's got Landon Dickerson, who is just a nasty dude. Sue Opetta, who a lot of people don't know, he's the backup guard. He might be the strongest guy on their offensive line. He might not be the most technically sound, but he's very strong. My lot is 6'8", 275 pounds. What do they do? 375 pounds. Sorry. You watch what Hertz does. He takes one quick and then follows that left side of the line because he's got Dickerson and my just blasting people off. And then the running back just pushes them forward. Mm-hmm. It's a play that is not aesthetically pleasing, but. I don't know that Joe Thomas or anybody else has the right recipe to stop it consistently. You might stop it once, but can you stop it all game long? I thought it demoralized Miami last week. They just couldn't stop it. It's fourth down on your own end of the field. We got to stop fourth down. And the Eagles said, eh, don't care. We're going for it. You're fourth and one on your own 27. You feel like your defense did its job and they they had to stay out there. Yeah. It's definitely a Jalen Hurts thing for me because you see a lot of other teams trying to do the tush push and they just don't get it. Now, one of those things that was actually interesting in the matchup in week four is they didn't do the tush push on one. Jalen Hurts had pulled up and tried to run out to the left and Washington was able to get a stop. 
So maybe there is something they saw against Washington. Of course, Washington loves to run that Cinco package to stop the run. So maybe we'll see a little less of the tush push well, here. Jack Del Rio put it best, by the way. He said the best way to stop the tush push is just never get to fourth and two. Right. Well, what I think it's akin to, you know, we saw it here with like a guy like Michael Vick, but you see a lot of these quarterbacks, they don't know how to slide. Some of these quarterbacks don't know how to do a quarterback sneak. They get the ball, they stand up straight. They like kind of like go like up with their chest. Hertz gets the ball and he gets low and he knows exactly where and where he wants to get to. Some of these quarterbacks, you see them out in their open field. They don't know how to slide. And I think this is some of the thing too. They don't know how to take the snap and direct themselves forward. They don't know where to go. They don't know how to read it. And Jalen Hurts has perfected it. Yeah, very good at it. Kind of Tom Brady-esque. Tom Brady's probably one of the best to ever do a QB sneak. He didn't push-push to do it, though. All right, (laughs) Mike. Found a little sliver and took a step back, saw it, and darted for it. And he's foot six. (laughs) Now, Mike, you're again, you were confident four weeks ago. You gave a big score for for Philly, a little score for Washington. What's the what's this game gonna finish at here? Washington versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, last time they went down to Washington, um, I think it was like 28-9, something like that. If I memory, uh if I can remember from last year that game early, it was 24-8 or something like that. Yeah. The Eagles offense, I don't like they scored 31 last week. They're not this explosive 35 point offense. I think they grind stuff out like, you know, they can beat you 24, eight, 24, nine, something like that. So I see something in that realm. Again, they don't score a whole bunch, but Washington struggles. Quarterback gets sacked a lot. Doesn't feel like Washington's ever in the game. 28, 10. Is that all right? 28, 10. Feel good. Well, it doesn't feel good for for us. Ron Rivera is three and four against the Eagles. He starts his winning streaks, his uh, mid-season winning streaks here in week eight. We'll have to see how it goes. But, Mike, always a pleasure having you on. Yep. Thanks again. Yeah, by the way, this is just our second one o'clock game of the season. Thanks, Washington, for being so lousy that we get to play at one (laughs) o'clock. Well, a parting shot. (laughs) We only have three one o'clock games all season. The next one isn't until New Year's Eve. Wow. Or New Year's Day, I think. it. They play Arizona on New Year's Eve or day. That's a one o'clock game. So every other game from here on out is either four or prime time. So thank you, Washington. (laughs) We do what we can. Hopefully we can give you another L that we have. We get all the rest of the year to hear all the excuses from Mike again a pleasure you can catch him on the Believe in Eagles and of course 97.3 there in South Jersey I'm Nathan that's the stoner and until next time sorry about your Phillies not at all (laughs) be a fan there's the parting shot good one